The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in today and welcome to episode 37. We are talking all about grade placement today. I get this question a lot, various versions of this question, right? And it goes something like this. My child is certain blank years old. Uh, His or her birthday is in this particular month, what grade should she be in or he? Uh, Or really, it um, often goes something more like this. I thought my child was in blank grade, but now I'm really not so sure. Or something like, my child has a summer birthday, so how do I decide what grade he's in? So today on the podcast, I want to share with you my best advice on grade placement. I'll give you a few ways to look at this. And of course, as a homeschooling parent, the final decision is yours because you know your child best. And we make these decisions based on observations of our child. So before we get into specifics, I want to remind you of a few things that you, of course, already know. (laughs) First of all, as homeschoolers, we have a lot more flexibility with grade placement than would be available to us in a brick and mortar school because we can change the grade down the road more easily. We can do some of one grade and some of another grade in a given homeschooling year Uh, And we can even start a new grade in January if that seems what's best. We can also combine lessons for our children of different ages where their grade uh, becomes even less relevant, where we're doing multi-age blocks or lessons. 
Here's one important reminder that I like to emphasize with parents. Remember that grade placement has relevance in terms of the curriculum material that we bring, but with developing skills such as math skills or writing or reading skills, we want to start where the child is wherever they are, right? And help them progress from there. So grade placement is actually less important when we're talking about skills because we're homeschooling and we have an opportunity to individualize the instruction a lot more than um, is possible in a large classroom in a brick and mortar setting. Let me share a few examples of what I mean. So for instance, with the Waldorf approach, there are specific blocks that are recommended for specific grades. Like uh, we typically do an animal fables block in grade two or a local geography block in grade four. And that's the curriculum material for that specific grade that I'm referring to. Rudolf Steiner, when he was training the very first Uh, teachers. He's the founder of the Waldorf approach. He chose the curriculum material for each grade to meet the child where they are developmentally. And the material, and particularly the stories for each block, are selected then to nurture the child's development at that particular age and grade. So in that very first teacher training a hundred years ago, Steiner wrote a list of the types of stories around which we would build blocks um, that he saw as most uh, relevant to each grade level. So for example, grade one fairy tales, grade two animal fables, and, and those stories he chose, as I said, particularly because of uh, his understanding and sense of what children need at each age and grade. So that's the part that is most relevant to this grade placement conversation. Um, And at the same time, then you can start wherever your child is with their skills because we're homeschooling, right? So for example, if a child is in grade two, but not yet reading, you can still bring the animal fables, but have your child copy uh, a story title or a simple one sentence description into their main lesson books to help them begin to read their own writing and keep it really simple. That is geared toward where they are in that skills spectrum skills development (laughs) journey. Whereas another child in grade two might be further along in their reading and writing skills, right? And so with that child, you still bring the animal fables, but have them write a longer summary, for example, into their main lesson book. So with skills, you can start where your child is and invite them forward, helping them make progress. And we want to do that all the way through, right? All the grades. So the curriculum material is really the block topic and the skills are um, what we help our children develop over time and we get to start where they are. If you are not familiar with, with those 
block topics from a Waldorf perspective and want to um, hear more about that, see what that is. Uh, I have on my website a page called the Waldorf Block Rotation for grades one through eight. And we'll put a link into the show notes uh, that you can find so you have easy access to that. So just go to artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 37, and you can find a link to those block topics for grades one through eight. All right. Finally, um, we get to the conversation, right, about the grade placement. So let's talk about that from from three different perspectives, really. So in this episode, I'm going to share about grade placement from the position of what local public schools often recommend, what Waldorf schools recommend, and what we know of what Steiner recommended. Okay, so we're going to talk about um, you know, what children, what age children should be f- to enter a certain grade from those three different perspectives. And I'm just going to use entering first grade as an example here to make this easier, in part because this is the one of the points in our homeschooling journey when we might be um, most curious about this or maybe even confused about the question, like what grade should my child be in? Um, but also you can apply this to any year, like any uh, child in any grade, you'll just extrapolate from, from what I'm describing. And I'll tell you more about that in a minute. All right. First of all, step one, there are three here. You can check the cutoff date or grade recommendation for your local public school, right? And for the Waldorf school closest to you, I suggest that you do that just to help you understand what the various options are. Remember in the end that you get to choose. All right, so here in Ohio, where we live, here are what the recommendations are. Our local public schools say that a child needs to be turns the age of six by the end of September to enter first grade. Okay, so that means technically that a child could start first grade at the age of five if they have a September birthday. I'm I'm not recommending this. I'm just describing this is what our local public school says. And, And even from a like zoomed out perspective in Ohio, the the legal recommendation from the Ohio Department of education, they say that districts can actually choose either August 1st or September 30th as the date by which a child turns six for entering first grade. And uh, our local district chooses the later date of September 30th. All right. The closest Waldorf school to us recommends that a child turns six by June 1st, the summer before they enter first grade. And then finally, Rudolf Steiner made the comment a number of times that a child should have six springs or six Easter's before entering first grade. So that would be more like a child turning six in April, the spring before starting first grade. So that's a range, right? A child is six by April, a child is six by June 1st, a child is six by September 30th. Given these three perspectives with the public schools recommending a later birth date of September, Waldorf schools recommending June and Steiner saying even earlier than that, parents are sometimes really confused about this, right? 
So here, I like to simplify things. You probably know that about me already if you've been listening at all or following me. And I have two simple recommendations for you. One is that we want to observe our children to see if they seem ready for first grade or for the next grade. And I'm going to give you some examples of how to do that in just a couple of minutes. And then secondly, my general rule of thumb, and this is pretty simple. So unless you have compelling reasons to do something other than this recommendation, my general rule of thumb is that children are six turning seven in first grade right? So second grade would be seven turning eight and and third grade would be eight turning nine. And that means generally that they start the year when they're six and they turn seven sometime during the school year. Uh, I'm not going to give you recommended dates because I just want to empower you to decide, but that is the general rule of thumb. And uh If we go with this rule of thumb, right, uh, then a child is six turning seven, right, during their first grade year. And the, the challenge that comes up in particular is summer birthdays, right? Those are the ones that come into question. Because everyone else, it seems a little clearer and more obvious. So that's where we have to just make a call, like make a, our best guess as a homeschooling parent. So I'll give you an example of my three kids. Of our kids, three kids, two of them have um, kind of late winter birthdays, uh, February and March birthdays. And the decision of when to start first grade seemed pretty simple and straightforward for them, right? It's the oldest and the youngest of the our three kids. But our, our third child has a June birthday, and that was much more, a much more challenging decision. Because he was so verbal at a young age, we chose to go ahead with the first grade when he was, uh, he had turned six in June um, and pr- prior to first grade. In retrospect, I'm not so sure that was the best decision. You know, we might have done better splitting the year. That's in, in retrospect, I, what I wish that I had done is waited until January to start first grade with him. But honestly, it doesn't really matter so much in the early elementary grades, because as I mentioned in the beginning of this episode, I did a lot of multi-age lessons with him and his older brother. His older brother is 16 months older. And and we did a lot together and just worked on each of their skills development individually. So it really all worked out, right? It worked out fine. And I chose the block topics that I thought would best suit the two of them together. So it was kind of halfway in between one grade or and the other. Okay, now I want to uh, share with you some considerations, particularly for starting first grade, but this can also apply at different other developmental milestones as kids are growing. But there are a lot of signs, developmental signs that you can look for in a child who's ready to move from the kindergarten years to the grades. First of all, I want to point out that Steiner believed, this is an important concept to get, right? Um, It's kind of the preface to making this decision. So Steiner believed that children need, physically need their energy forces for organ development, including brain development, prior to the age of seven. 
and that only after the age of seven should we begin formal lessons with them. And that kindergarten should be very play oriented. That doesn't mean we're not developing skills, right? And it doesn't mean we're doing nothing with them. The Waldorf kindergarten is play-based with lots of stories and movement and singing and a focus on the daily rhythm uh, and rhythmic activities, the flow of uh, activities throughout the day. And during these years, there is plenty going on, right? There are pre-literacy and pre-math skills, spatial development, all kinds of things going on, learning that's going on, but no formal lessons yet until first grade. And by formal lessons, I mean where you are making a main lesson book, perhaps, you know, writing down Uh, summaries into a main lesson book or having lessons where one day you share a story and the next day you come back and review it. That really begins in first grade. And here are just a few of the signs of readiness for grade one. Uh, One of those signs is the change of teeth, right? When children start to lose their baby teeth and their adult teeth come in, that's a sign that they are beginning to be ready to free up some of that those energy forces for uh, head learning, right? They don't need so much of it for organ development. Another sign is a child's physical body begins to resemble resemble um, proportionally more and more an, the the shape the proportion of an adult body. So one way to check this is just to ask a child to take their arm. Uh, up over their head, one arm, and try touching the opposite ear. And if they can do this, it indicates that their arms are lengthening and that change of proportion is happening. Children uh, begin to be able to picture whole scenes in their head, right? This is a critical component of learning, actually, because just as one small example, a lot of reading, the skill of reading is picturing what's happening and making guesses about what we think comes next. So when children uh, really increase their visual or their imaginative picturing in their minds, this is a sign that they're they're becoming ready for more formal lessons. Children often start at this age to exhibit a very clear plan, right, for their play. And they even begin to plan ahead, right, to set things up in a certain way, scenes in their play. And then they're going to come back to it again the next day. Or maybe at breakfast, they talk about this little play scene they set up yesterday. And today, what they share what they're going to do today. This is, again, a sign that a child is picturing things in their head and can see the next steps. Those are just a few, just a few signs that you can look for, but all begin to indicate that a child is ready to engage in more thinking and learning activities. Now, I I just want to remind you that um, in a homeschool setting, the delineation between the kindergarten years and first grade or the more formal lessons is a little less dramatic, I would say. So, so in first grade, we, we begin the lessons where we share a story one day and we do some writing, you know, we draw a picture the next day we review it. And then we write a summary in the main lesson book, that whole two day lesson rhythm begins 
there's still a lot of play going on, right? So these this transition, it's not like it happens on September 30th or on June 1st or whenever that birthday cutoff date is. It happens over time. So like I said, I recommend to homeschooling parents to follow just the general rule of thumb that a child is six turning seven sometime you know, six at the beginning of first grade and turning seven sometime during the year. And, uh, and with summer birthdays, we have to make our best guess. And, uh, and then we look at these signs to see if, if there is anything clearly indicating that they might be ready or they might not be ready, right? So these are just a few to look for, like I said, that can, can indicate um, their readiness to us. So if you want to read more about first grade readiness in particular, here's what I recommend you do. Um, check out some of the articles over at the, the wonderful and free Waldorf Online Library. So you simply go to uh, the, lib- the Waldorf Online Library and search for first grade readiness, and you'll find some really interesting reads there. And you can find a link to that in the show notes as well. For older grades, really any grade, uh, another important thing to observe is how children or how the stories recommended for their age from the Waldorf curriculum, how those stories are meeting the child. So does the child seem to take the stories in? Do do the stories uh, seem to connect with them and nourish them in a way, like on a deeper level? And if not, perhaps your child isn't ready for that material yet, or perhaps they're ready for um, the the sort of next level uh, of stories. So it's really a matter of trying some things out, uh, you know, using our intuition, observing, making our best guess, following this general rule of thumb, and then, um, and seeing how it goes, right? So I really hope that this discussion helps you to both relax a bit on the grade placement question, but also feel like you have some good information on which to base your decision. And if you find you want more guidance on your particular child or your particular family situation, then I would invite you to book a mentor session with me so that we can talk about it and I can help you with these decisions. You can find all the details at artofhomeschooling.com slash mentor with Jean. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening in today. Uh, I hope that it it's helpful to you to, to just have this general rule of thumb, uh, as a guideline and, uh, you know, you can make a reasonable decision and see if that feels right to you. And also you can, um, you can try out some block topics or stories from, uh, the grade above your child and see how that's going or the grade below and see how that's going too. A lot of it is about intuition, observation, and this this general rule of thumb. So I hope that is helpful for you. Thank you so much for listening in. And you can find the show notes for this episode at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 37. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. Mm-hmm.